When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Guns N' Roses Night Train Wreck of a Reunion. Remember, Rock's not dead, it's hiding, and you found it. Well done. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, Luce Cannon, along with the great, the magnificent Baco. How are you, sir? I am well. And it's Daryl Hot Rod. I know you threw those out last time, the stage names. Okay. Daryl Hot Rod. And what's my name again? You're Craig Polnachekovich. Okay, now I'm getting the joke. Is this a stretch of a joke where these are similar names to Decibel Geek hosts? You know how long it took me to, to come up with a, a name like Polnachekovich that I could actually remember? <laughs> that one is good because it's very – how is it spelled? I need to send the spelling though. I spelled it phonetically. I actually have it written in front of me just let me, because – Let me write. Hold on. Hold on. Let me write down. Go ahead. It's going to end with a W-I-C-Z. No, I need the full spelling. I'm getting there. Okay, uh-huh. so there's a P and an O in the beginning. Mm-hmm. H. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to put the N before and after the L. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Enough. 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 <laughs> this is not a fucking spelling bee. Um, let's let's go to let's go to the show. Uh, so anyway, moving past the stage names and, and uh, Aaron Camaro, Hot Rod, whatever your your thing your theme is going there. What do you want to talk about today? Let's talk about a, a band that the lead singer has one of the greatest stage names. It's an anagram for oral sex. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm talking about. Steve Oral Sex. No, I'm talking about... <laughs> <laughs> that guy is awesome. He's incredible. Uh, lead singer of Guns N' Roses. Steve Oral Sex. That's not much of an, an-, an anagram. That's a Steve in front of Oral Sex. Yeah, Steve isn't very good at anagrams. No, he's not at all. <laughs> is that actually? Is that really true? Yeah, well, I... I, I think he made that up afterwards. Wait a second. I don't know that the story is true. 
But it is true that you can make Rose oral sex is an anagram of, for oral sex. No, I know, but I don't think that he's that uh, sharp that he could have come well, up with that. Like my close personal friend Axel would tell me that he is very smart. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, they're uh, they're having themselves a good old fashioned band reunion. A reunion, you say? Coachella for sure. A couple shows yeah. in Vegas. I saw that. And then More they to be announced. That, they announced the Vegas ones. Is that right after, too? Right before. I think they're using it to kind of warm up. Yeah, that's what I figured. Victimize the uh, the Vegas people and then then do a good good two concerts uh, at Coachella. The now, Coachella fans. You know, I, I'm not sure if it's really a reunion. I mean, I, I actually, there's a, <laughs> a certain podcast and a certain Facebook page that has been every day inundating me with cryptic messages and rumors and all this these types of things talking and relating to the reunion i think i might follow that same page okay so you know i i i follow it and i put my comment about the thing i basically said you know i don't really think this is a reunion if you just have axel and slash and duff it basically is like you know Axel's touring band with two guest stars, essentially. You know, yeah, I, I mentioned that. You know, I think they should at least have Matt Sorum. I get if Steven Adler can't do it. I get that. Sure. And if Izzy can't do that, maybe Gilby is there. But I think you got to have four out of five of at least the Use Your Illusion lineup to to really call it that. And for a multitude of reasons, I made this I made this post and I said, you know, basically this is Axel still having control. You know, yeah. by him doing this, he's essentially saying this is still my fucking house. You come into here, you two, you you two come in here, and we'll do a quote reunion. But I still have control. Okay, that was yes. my post. The response back was, "Who besides the media and fans are calling this a reunion?" <laughs> well, who besides the media and the fans are fucking talking about it? <laughs> what does that mean? That's that like means a- everybody talking about it is calling it a reunion, except for what Axel and Slash and Duff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this doesn't make and any Frank sense. Frank Ferrar, like anybody gives a crap what he thinks. I sat there and looked at that, and I was like, "Hold on a second. That is, I looked at it, and I'm like, "Huh, that's like a Jedi mind trick. These are not <laughs> the droids you're looking for." Like, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, like, what?
I don't even understand what just happened to me. And I thought, like, oh, you're right. I haven't actually heard the reunion word from Axl Rose and, and whoever else. And uh, anyway, it's, it's, just, <laughs> it's just bizarre to me. But do you have anything else it's to say? Splitting hairs on, on... But there's no commentary about actually what I was... Anyway, the point being is right. that now, and that was right before Axl was supposed to show up on Jimmy Kimmel. And then, yeah. he, and then what did he do? He didn't show why do you think that's – I have my theory. What's your guess of why he didn't show up? Oh, man. You know, I hadn't thought about it, um, largely because I didn't care. I don't know. What's your theory? Well, let's go back to um, – well, okay. I'll tell you my theory, and then we'll go back to kind of our, our own personal investment in Guns N' Roses. Okay? I, yeah. So and it's kind of funny how you say that because I have a – I definitely have kind of the thing you are where I'm kind of like – Unlike other reunions for other bands that would possibly happen, I kind of have a kind of a, right? Kind of like a fuck you at this point, right? Well, a little, a little real, bit, a little bit. A little really little. indifferent, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm okay, not sure. indifferent. You know what? That's the better word. Indifferent. Like, it's kind of exciting. I guess I, if there's a DVD, I might check it out. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. Okay, so okay. so going back to the, the Jimmy Kimmel thing, I think there was a couple things that, that I have two theories. One of them is that last minute, you know, they've never made a definitive statement on this tour if it's only going to be the three, correct? Correct. Okay. Only that they have these dates scheduled. Yeah, because there's even rumors that, they, that they're that they negotiating. They're just still just rumors, you know, kind of like the last three months leading up to this official Coachella, announce, Coachella announcement that Izzy might be part in some of it and Steven Adler might be allowed to sit next to the drummer while he plays or whatever, but... Yeah, but that's all those kind of things like that 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 uh, podcast and and uh, Facebook page and everything are talking about. They keep they perpetuate kind of these these rumors. So the the point being is that I think that there's two things why he didn't show up in Jimmy Kimmel. One is that some kind of contract negotiation went south. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. right, right before that, either with Slash with Duff, maybe they're going to bring Matt Sorum in, and then all of a sudden they're like. Uh, you can't make the official announcement. We haven't figured out the pay. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like oh, like, yeah, these... they, they couldn't actually confirm it. Right. They couldn't make the official press release um, on Jimmy Kimmel. Or the other one that I think is even more credible is the fact that I think, you know, because he's kind of a, he's a recluse, right? You know, he, yes. he's, I mean, for him to go on a talk show is pretty huge. And I think. And that... talk. It's one thing to perform, but to sit down. Because it's not like this is just going to be him, if I remember right. Right. Like, who knows? Maybe that. Maybe something's kind of falling out in negotiations. Maybe they were going to play that night. Because Jimmy Kimmel is the place that you know they have the whole Bud Light live stage or whatever like that. They go outside and they yeah they have the whole venue where they could do like the Guns N' Roses reunion. So either they're going to perform or not. I think that he feared that he was going to like he's like eh, and here's the official reunion or something like that. And then Jimmy was going to say like, is this really a reunion? Or, or maybe not like that, but some kind of like press him a little bit. So it's just. You know, or even a question like, oh, so this is Duff and Slash. What about A and B? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think he was uncomfortable with the conversation that could happen and, and because he's such a control freak. Eddie Trunk would want to chime in right now and remind what? everybody that we need to know things that we have no business knowing and be <laughs> condescending. And because they're insiders, they would want it. You got to understand... There's a lot of things that got to go into works. And these things happen behind the scenes. And, and what people, what fans, what what the you're sitting at home in your 
playing with your cat's vagina. You need to know this <laughs> enough. Uh, I don't, I don't understand. For some that, reason, that, I, that I just, went sideways. Uh, I felt like uh, channeling my inner Eddie Trunk. Yeah, that was pretty good. And, and uh, I gotta tell you, like I thought I was actually on the show. But <laughs> but but with, with that said, I mean, what really is there? I mean, if you think about it, if they're right at this point, there has to be something where he. I I just look. I think it's just going to be a night train wreck. I don't well, think it's going to be. I will get appreciably much more interested if that starts to happen. What? If they miss a show, um, if if uh, you know, if if there's like a Axel throwing something at somebody in the audience, I will perk up and pay attention. <laughs> um, well, that, but what was that like a fake article about? Axel has showed up in Coachella four months early <laughs> just to make sure he's going to be on time for the, yeah, for, for the stage. Funny. The picture love was great. Him just in the open field. Well, but, both Duff and Slash. I mean, this is where you know I'm a little curious on what was agreed on, uh, because I think the first thing we heard about that was confirmed was that they were meeting and they did meet and they also they did meet and they 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 were hammering out some some sort of agreement, whether it was just like overall merchandise sales, ownership of the name. You know, it was not necessarily about you know going out and playing music together. But here here's the thing. So. In a way, the reunion's kind of fun. The other thing I'm, I'm uh, not so thrilled about is, have you ever seen, I think we have mixed opinions, and I do too, about Miles Kennedy. Have you ever seen him live? Yeah. You don't um, like him, do you? I do not. His voice does not, it's, it's like a dog whistle to me. I just, okay. I can see that. He seems like certain, a very nice guy, by the way. Certain, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In certain songs, he, he is that way. I'm, I'm like back and forth on him. But the uh, I gotta tell you, I, I've seen him that lineup three times at two fests, and then I saw a one-off concert at the Hard Rock Live down here. And man, what, when they play Civil War and um, Rocket Queen and, and just all the the you know the classics you want to hear, he's better than Axel is right now. I will tell you. That. Oh, as a as like being able, ah, boy. I'm telling I mean, you, on a technical level, I'd probably agree with you. I just. I have a hard time believing um, that I would. I personally would enjoy him over Axel right now. Point he just that, does not do it for me. And that last record that Slash did, what a fucking crime to have that guy singing on it because, oh god, it's just so good. And then he starts singing. It's just. I I, I will have to agree. There, but I like. He sounds. He's, he's he's an odd guy because certain songs he sounds. To me, I, I like a lot of. It's the one thing you know that first record that Slash did. Well, not first, but. Uh, the one that he had all the guest vocals on, right? Loved it. I yeah, me too. And there was only two songs that I flat out hated. And of course, that's the fucking dude he picks to be a singer going forward. It is like he says, "Oh, you don't like him, huh, Baco? Fuck you."
hate him like you do. But the the point uh, as far as his vocals, I don't go, hate him. His voice. I understand. Is my I understand we're being nice. But the 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 point being is that in a way that lineup in the Guns N' Roses reunion where Axel controls everything and you know yeah. it's it's his thing. He's the weakest link. I'm telling you, like you've seen. I think that there should be have two things for the re- reunion. One is that they sign, he signs some contract where he loses uh, $10,000 a minute for every minute he's late on stage. Yeah, I, I, that was one of the things I was kind of going with that we got sidetracked. Because I know, I mean, in no uncertain terms, both Slash and Duff said they would never put themselves in a situation to deal with that again. And we'll go into our uh, our history with that in a second. Yeah. Um, but And then the other part is to have, uh, you know, some type of health expectation regimen uh, for him and I don't mean that in a joking way I mean that like, well, he's getting a little chubby but I think that gets overblown a little bit yeah I mean but but he he. It, my point is is like even with the, the Kiss reunion there was like you know they put Ace in there was a certain expectation for for health to, to get through yeah that concert. wasn't maintained or enforced no it level. wasn't but it, well, there was in the, the beginning so I guess it's pretty much impossible to do that part so let's just put that aside um, but you know Go ahead. So, so going with the the whole lateness thing, is that what you wanted to to, to touch on, or, or were you going somewhere? Well, else? no, we covered it. I mean, for what I wanted to say, I just I I'm curious what the was decided there. I do know Guns has been better lately. You know, with the last few tours they've done, as far as starting on time, um, the vocals are, are suspect sometimes. Though, like I've seen something sure. I, call, I call magic actual People vocals. Are, I mean, but this is I mean, well, the show we're going to be talking about here in a second was what 23 years ago. Yeah, you know, and so he—he he doesn't have that. Um, of course not. Uh, oh shit! What am I? No, I'm, that's not where I'm going. There's a guy I was just thinking about. Well, let's talk about David Bowie. Not not just as a singer. I'm saying he doesn't have that kind of voice that basically doesn't need a lot of maintenance late in life to be able to recreate it. Axel's voice re- <laughs> pretty much requires that he stays young and in shape. Otherwise, well, yeah, it's going yeah, like, to noticeably be different. He's going to have nights where it clearly isn't where it's supposed to be. Paul Stanley is dealing with much of the same thing, you know. And 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 even then, you know, as great as Paul was for the longest time, you listen to the stuff he was doing in the '80s and go back and listen to like you know Kiss Alive. Um, and so this is a much shorter time period. You know, he, you know, him and both uh, Tyler from Aerosmith suffered this around those same eras. You know, they just lost a bit of a mid-rangey tonal quality. They were still phenomenal singers, some, still a couple of the best ever. But even then, you could start to see things were changing just by getting older, just by using it. You know what I mean? And I think Axel's a difficult voice. And I think sometimes the expectation is almost like I'd rather see him, like, I don't know, do something to start a riot than worry about whether or not he was perfect then in concert just because it's more interesting to me. Chinese Democracy, when it finally came out, you know, he's gone through so many revisions, and everybody knows the history on that. But still, even on something that he went over and over and over on, his vocals kill a lot of the, oh, the, those songs. Like, I like the blues or Street of Dreams or whatever it was finally called on that album. Musically, great. There's a lot of those songs that are great musically, but there's something... I mean, and this is somebody that probably took like a thousand takes, you know, from yeah. a perfectionist, and that's the version he put out. And that's my point, is that even... You know, in the studio, you should be able to pull it off. I think he still can pull it off, but just not every night. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. Maybe he is a little out of shape. I'm not going to get too much. I'm 
the the pictures I've seen of him, they're somewhat entertaining, but I I don't think it's, <laughs> you're the person he's not Vince, he's not uh, Vince Neil level. You know what I mean? No, I mean uh, I was I was amazed at that. Like I didn't I've seen them before, but he was uh, definitely near the end. It was uh, an interesting ride. I don't think he needs to use the backing tracks that he does. No? No. And he's the star, so he can't be the weak link. Who's that? Axel. You know, the... the, No, Axel, it's called Velvet Revolver. Well, you know, uh, but with that, too, I think that a better version of the Guns N' Roses reunion would be if they had that... um, If they did, like, a hologram of him. (laughs) <laughs> on stage yeah you're a big proponent of the hologram uh, i am it's just a uh, hologram of him and then it's the, the 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 original the original band and they just <laughs> pipe in his vocals from appetite uh, for destruction and use your illusion great fucking concert
So your personal emotional investment in this. Tell me your Guns N' Roses, like uh, your entry point. Because um, Appetite... The, oh, the, just the band? Yeah, I mean, just in general. Like for me, they're definitely in my in my top 10. I don't know about you, but they're they're 100% in there. And and, and, and They're go big, ahead. yeah. Go ahead, um, go ahead. Uh, you know, I, I can tell you I didn't care for Welcome to the Jungle initially. Neither um, did I. That's so funny you said that because that did not hook me into the album. I'll tell you this song I heard that, that hooked me in there, but go ahead. What, what got it for you? A buddy of mine, um, uh, he got the CD when it came out because of Welcome to the Jungle. I had, still hadn't heard it. He gave me a dubbed cassette, and he had this habit of like maximizing the amount of tape on your TDK. You know, you got like 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So he, he would reorder, uh, he resequence song orders uh, on cassettes that he would make for me so that way I could get the most music on a tape possible. And so the first song I heard from him was Out to Get Me, and that is still one of my favorite songs by them. I'm pretty sure I still have that fucking cassette somewhere, too. And then it was Night Train, of all things, and I really don't remember the order after that. But Yeah, kind of a similar thing in in two different bands. There was uh, this dude that was in the locker right next to me in in, in high school, and he always had, uh, like, uh, he was, I don't know, he was tapped in or something like that. So he actually had a LP of... Um, live like a suicide, like in '86, mm. before it became Lies. Do you know how that works? I don't know if you know that. Yeah, the, like the second the second half of Lies is an old uh, that thing that had Mama Kim. They recorded it right before um, Appetite. Yeah, and then and they it put it out. Hot. They put it out for like free on the streets to get like hype for the band. Uh, it's in it's in one of their books. Yeah. My recollection is it's a little different than that, but I know the record you're talking about. Let's put it that way. It's well, it's, it's called Live Like a Suicide. Yeah, that, that's no, right, the no, that, right. Yeah. So, but but and the whole thing is fake. It's not right. It's not. It's yeah. not live. It, it, all this stuff like that. So the, anyway, he gave me that, and he's like, you know, check this out. I listened to it, and I was like, that's oh, pretty good. And I like my favorite song is Mama Kin. I didn't know it was an Aerosmith cover at the time. And, yeah, same here. Yeah, really. Yeah. I still like that version better than Aerosmith's. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big Aerosmith guy. So. Yeah, all right. So that's easy for you then. This is a song about your fucking mother. All this 
But yeah, so going back to this, uh, you know, the first thing I had was same thing with the tapes. I mean, like my the first track on the album when I got it was Night Train, and that's one of my favorite songs by them. Is that that's how it started? Was was Night Train on that tape? And um, did you have albums for that had the that were taped where there was a song cut off on the end that you never heard the end of for like years? <laughs> Well, I'm sure. Uh, I, can't I, think I have one. Before. I have one. I never heard the last three minutes of Orion off of Master of Puppets for like yeah. uh, for like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> but, not the, if, if you had to pick one, that's probably a decent one. I, I guess I love that song. But oh, um, I'm not shooting it down. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. So um, okay, so then that was your entry point. You, you started to dig them, and then um, did you see him on the Appetite, or you saw him use your illusion? Use your illusions was the first time. It was that. Um, that whole train wreck tour they did with Metallica, and we oh. saw the. I don't. I know you said you saw him in Indianapolis. Was yep. Faith was Faith No More with him? Yeah, it was the same, is that, I'm sure it was just a few dates, either before or after, since we were both in the that. Same we saw the area. last show Faith No More did. They announced that they were as as um, uh, shit. I'm blanking on the singer's name. Uh, I know who you're talking Mark about. Mark Patton, or Mike, Mike Patton. Mike Patton. Yeah. Mike Patton uh, said uh, they were getting out of the ring, you know, because they had that song getting in the ring. But... Right. Oh, because it was so crazy? Um, I just, I don't think he was just using a play on words. He didn't actually go. I don't think, I think they were only signed up for that part of the tour. They weren't actually, like, bailing. Gotcha. But a different band was taking the, I know the tour wasn't done. Yeah, and then, uh, but we had about the same weight in between Metallica and Guns N' Roses, right? Yeah, it was pretty cool, at least an hour and a half. Yeah, it was like 90 minutes to two hours. And I thought that was the average time it took to change bands because that was one yeah. of my first concerts. <laughs> I, it was so great Like later when it wasn't like that. like the, My first concert was Crew when I was 15. I think I was 18 when I saw that concert. But I got to tell you, man, was your experience that it was a great concert? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, they played... They played fucking in, in my concert. They played Estranged. And I don't know why... I, don't, I recently looked up the actual set list on Setlist FM... Um, and I was looking at it and I was like, I don't know if they always play that, but I, I, even, even at that age, I was just like, this song has to be this so complex. You know what I mean? Like, it's gotta be a hard song to play live and play yep. well. So monstrous. And, uh, they killed it. I thought it was great. I think they opened with Night Train, if I remember right. I don't they remember. Did. They did. That was the set list. Um, that seemed to be the, the, uh, theme. We um, knew we were getting close, um, to them starting because, uh, this, the lights are still on. And God, I was thinking about that when we were talking about this on Facebook the other day. I, this show had to start at like five o'clock because we weren't. I mean, we, we didn't get out of there at two in the morning, and they, Metallica played almost two hours, and so did Guns N' Roses. It was really raining after the show. It was raining so bad that Slash came out and told everybody to be careful, and it, it's just fucking rain, so you know it's bad. The point being is, we were soaked by the time we got to the car. I believe we all wiped out and slid down this grass hill. Um, but we were, we rode back, uh, I was living in Rochester at the time, so it was about an hour and a half drive, and we drove all the way back, all five dudes shoved into, like, this Toyota Camry in just our underwear. We were wondering what would happen if we got pulled over. Underwear? Know, why, why, why are you in your underwear? <laughs> because we, our clothes were too wet, and the guy was driving his mom's dad's car, so he made <laughs> us all take... Oh, oh, so you wanted it nice and... Okay, okay. That's a little yeah. weird. That's a weird end to a concert, driving Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, this is, you know, this is still... Uh, a fairly young time in my life. I wasn't, you know, this was not one of those drunk, you know, alcoholic right. concerts. You know, I, well, don't, that's I the didn't thing have too. anything to drink. You yeah, know? I was like, I was there with like, like my younger brother, like when he was 15 or 16. And like, I knew that was an example of it is, you know, I don't know about you if you had a short attention span, but I was locked in that entire concert <laughs> with him. 
that goes for all you punks in the press that want to start shit by printing lies instead of the things we said. That means you, Andy, says you're a hit parader. Circus Magazine, Nick Wall at Kerrang, Bob Guzzioni Jr. at Spin. What, you pissed off because your dad gets more pussy than you? Fuck you. Suck my fucking dick. You be ripping off the fucking kids while they be paying their hard-earned money to read about the bands they want to know about. Written lies, starting controversy. You want to antagonize me? Antagonize me, motherfucker. Get in the ring, motherfucker, and I'll kick your bitchy little ass. That's it, friends. Be sure to tune in next time for part two, Purge Your Illusion. We cut the 30-track, dense, Use Your Illusion albums down to just 12 tracks. This nearly breaks Baco. He doesn't seem to understand. It's only a show, and he can still listen to the songs afterwards. Until then, remember, Rock's not dead. It's hiding. And you found it. Well done.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.